We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, a proud partner of the Blue Wire family and the Eurostep Podcast Network. Ecstatically, excitedly, in a very good moodedly, I am your host, Numak, and joining me, hopefully as excited to talk about cuts and who made it as I am, is my co-host, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? I'm very excited. Very excited. <laughs> very excited to talk about people that lost their jobs today. Why did you have to go do I, that? I, I, well, I, I know, but I, like, how my brain works, I instantly turn it. Listen, I'm going to yeah. choose to look at the positive note because... We're hopping right into it. 53 men made uh, the Packers roster today, and two of them, two of them are Emmanuel Cox and Brenton Cox, Emmanuel Wilson and Brenton Cox Jr., and I am very, very happy about that. Very, very happy. Your training camp darlings, Mantha, here. There's no Mike Abernathy. Two. 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 Made, made up for uh, the last year having none. This year, we're up, we're up two. We're, 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 we're basically even. We're about to meet. Oh, sorry, hot <clears throat> thoughts. We're about to meet our 2023 Green Bay Packers <laughs> roster. Hot thoughts is the what I'm going to start naming the uh, putting at the title of my diary entries. Just hot <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> but as we mentioned, 
Uh, some top bats. 53 men. <laughs> 53 men. Made the Packers roster today. Um, notably, it will change right away tomorrow morning as you're listening to this. Um, as practice squad signings begin at 11, as well as um, new IR designations for uh, players looking to come back. I believe this season is how it works, Jordan. If they are named tomorrow, they're allowed to come back this season. Yes, it's the it's the four week designation. Yep. So. So that's like how, for example. David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, I believe that was what was the case last year when we were doing all this last year. Makes sense. Makes sense. So the big one this year is that um, the Packers did not keep a long snapper, Matt Orzek, on this initial 53-man roster. Instead, tomorrow, they're going to um, put Luke Tenuta on... Um, on IR, and then act, and then re-sign Matt Orzek to a um, to the roster so that they can have a long snapper to make sure Anders Carlson and um, newcomer Daniel Whalen make uh, some kicks and punts. So, I think first things first, Jordan, should we just list who made it real fast? Yeah, let's yeah. So run it by position groups. Yep, I'm gonna go through them all very fast. So put your listening ears on, kids. At quarterback. Jordan Love and Sean Clifford. Running back, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, and the aforementioned Emmanuel Wilson. Wide receiver, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Malik Heath, Samari Toure, and Dontavion Wicks. Tight end, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Kraft, Josiah DeGuara. Offensive line, Dave Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Runyon, Zach Tom, Rashid Walker, Yash Nyman, Sean Ryan, Caleb Jones, Luke Tenuta, Royce Newman. Defensive line, Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, Carl Brooks, Colby Wooden, Jonathan Ford, Edge, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Kingsley Anigbare, I apologize, JJ Anigbare, Lucas Van Nest, Justin, Justin Hollins, Brenton Cox Jr., linebacker, Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, Isaiah McDuffie, Eric Wilson, Tariq Carpenter, cornerbacks, Jair Alexander, Russell Douglas, Kishon Nixon, Carrington Valentine, safeties, Donald Savage, Rudy Ford, Anthony Johnson Jr., Dale Levitt, Jonathan Owens, uh, kicker, Anders Carlson, punter, Daniel Whalen, uh, physically unable to perform list, Eric Stokes and IR Tyler Davis. That's just right now as the roster stands this very second. And breathe. So good job. Let's hop right into I think the three most surprising not surprising, the three people that should be talked about on this roster that made it for sure. Notably, three undrafted rookie free agents, I believe. Is right, Nerder? Is Emmanuel Wilson? Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Um Emmanuel Wilson, Brenton Cox Jr., and Malik Heath. Big, big deals that all three of those um, made it. The Packers extend their streak of having an undrafted rookie free agent make their initial 53-man roster for 19 straight years. Um, seemingly always find some value in those uh, in those next, like I guess, draft post-draft signings every year. I'm trying to think who was it last year. I'm trying. It's somebody notable, and I, and I can't remember who it is. But we'll figure that out later. But as we talk about Emmanuel Wilson, running back three, notably Packers kept three running backs in prior years, except for last year when they just kept uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And Patrick Taylor was the, um, I guess, running back three on the practice squad. This year, they decided to keep three on their, um, on their initial roster and 
keep Emmanuel Wilson after his strong showing in camp, as well as the three preseason games, notably his 80-yard touchdown against the Bengals in the first week. So, Jordan, we talked about this on the last podcast about what it meant to have, um, I guess, our expectations of him being on the roster, and both of us had kind of agreed he didn't make it, but Brian Gunnikunz and Matt LaFleur prove us wrong, and Emmanuel Wilson makes it over Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson. Goodson, who had been hurt for a good long while during during camp, unfortunately, but beats out Patrick Taylor, who had experience in that spot. Yes, um, we're talking about the NFL's preseason lead preseason leading rusher, by the way. Preseason leading rusher, pretty good company to be in. Very good company to be in. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe I was leaned. Uh, or I guess what's the, I'm forgetting the word, but like hedging, uh, no, yes, probably led on too much by the Patriots game and thinking, you know what, how they talked about the third running back situation. If they kept a third running back Mm -hmm. was special teams experience, the little things like pass protection, playing a role, not necessarily, you know, keeping the most talented runner on on the team and it's hard to kind of divorce those thoughts from your brain when you're talking about building out the roster and you know once you get past the locks and as we talked about last pod um you're kind of just thinking like okay who are the guys that are going to kind of really play special teams roles Mm -hmm. periphery or play on the periphery um and as much as the things that Emmanuel wilson does on the ground, um, just his pure speed, athleticism, his toughness. I obviously lean towards Patrick Taylor, but that was no shot at what we had already seen from Manny Wilson. Right. And I think all along, this is kind of what I wanted it to be, where it's it's a pure play on his ability to be a running back, not necessarily a guy that's going to block for Keyshawn Nixon on kick returns or punt returns or, you know, a third down running back that's going to primarily, you know, probably pass block if it's a third and long situation or stuff like that. Like that is essentially what the kind of role that I would imagine that's what he's going to really carve out for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, So I am very shocked that they went this way. I, w- I would have thought probably more than anything, it wouldn't have been either Taylor or Wilson. I thought maybe they would have just gone two running backs. Four running backs. Or are you saying they would have cut both? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So I thought it was it would kind of been like de- by default it would just be yep. okay. We're talking about Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, whatever other kind of machinations that they're going to do with the roster. Mm-hmm. But it's very. I think this out of all the moves, this is probably the most shocking one. I would say. Um, there's. I actually I would say this is one A and one one B. We'll get to soon. Yeah. But. I'm very, very happy for Emmanuel Wilson to come and be on the Green Bay Packers roster because it's worth, along with Malik Heath and Brendan Cox Jr., it's worth celebrating these feats because I know the Packers have this long-standing tradition and all that stuff. It's not easy. No. It's not easy. As long I looked up the – there's he's not the only uh, player to come from Fort Valley State. There's actually – Quite a few players that uh, have come from Fort, what is it, Fort Valley State University from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marquette King, do you remember him? Uh, the the punter? punter, yep. Yes. Ricardo Lockett, 
He was like a slot former, receiver. Yeah, I'll say former receiver. Seahawks. Uh, Greg Lloyd. I remember him from the '90s. He was a linebacker for the Steelers. So like. You know, this, the, the pedigree for this for this university uh, is great. So, yeah, I mean, Wilson, I'm sorry I just ruined every point by just talking like that. No, uh, it, it's all good. 223 yards in the preseason on uh, 38 rushing attempts. Notably played 46 snaps, so he wasn't really playing a whole lot of blocking when he was in there. He was mainly rushing the ball. So two touchdowns. They both came in the Cincinnati game. Um I think that the Cincinnati game really set the tone of what he's able to do. He also um, had what looks to be 15, 24 total yards of receiving in the preseason, 15 against New England, then uh, nine against the Seahawks. But I think he looked very smooth while doing it. Like I think of the couple passes he caught, four, every time he caught, I was like, hmm, that's some good hands and footwork to turn around and catch that ball. So I think he has some good potential and I'm glad they're keeping him uh, for the time being. It may happen down the line where you're activating people off IR, Eric Stokes, Luke Tenuta, this, that, and the other. He might lose that spot and end up going to the practice squad. Knock on wood. I hope it doesn't happen. But for the time being, Emmanuel Wilson definitely showed out in the preseason about what he can do. He just runs with a lot of power and is able to really sort of get going in space and break away like he did on that 80 yard touchdown made it look real easy when he did that. So I think that was probably the, the beginning of this decision for uh, the Packers front office. Yeah. I, I mean, again, he showed it and the opportunities he got in every preseason game, they really wanted to see a look at him and Part of it was obviously Tyler Goodson gets hurt and there was a lot of momentum coming into training camp about what he had done over the summer. Mm-hmm. Lou Nichols, they drafted and there was promising uh, things of him, obviously, too, but injury struck again. So it was kind of just this kind of, you know, strong running back competition, third running back competition really just thinned out. Yeah. And Emmanuel Wilson really took advantage of be at the right place at the right time, honestly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, a lot of variance here, but he had um, 11 total blocking snaps. He had eight uh, run blocking snaps and four, or I'm sorry, three pass blocking uh, snaps, one against the uh, Patriots and two against the Seahawks. For what it's worth, he graded out pretty good in those pass blocking snaps, albeit it's three. So <laughs> nothing really to garner from that, but three. if we're taking huge grains of salt with our with our stats coming out of preseason, a good start, we'll say. And that, again, yeah. that's probably late in games and not against top-tier rushers, but it's good to know that that number wasn't tanked in those in those uh, those snaps. So it could be worse. You could be like Tyler Kraft um, on that on that uh, PAT that he let slap uh, Tyler Kraft. Tucker Kraft, my apologies. Tucker Kraft let slip by on the PAT that Anders Carlson missed, so or got blocked rather. So. Um, all in all, very happy Emmanuelson made it. One of my camp darlings. Should we uh, move on to the next one? Yes. Brenton Cox Jr., a man who, admittedly, I will eat crow. I was a little bit harsh on on the last pod for um, not getting home and making a sack for uh, to really improve his positioning in the roster and being able to make the team. After doing some more research, watching some more film afterwards, he had a pretty darn good last game 
So fully cementing his spot to to really make the team, which he does. And the Packers go with uh, with six edge rushers to, uh, to, I guess, play with their defense this year. <laughs> yeah. uh, undrafted free agent, notably, I think, worth talking about, cut from two blue chip programs in Georgia and Florida for some off-the-field issues. Um, I think Matt LaFleur had talked about it with all the undrafted free agents that they have a chance to come to Green Bay and come to the NFL and make their story right, kind of reset the narrative of how they want to play. And Brenton Cox Jr. is a good example of somebody that's beginning to do that with now making the roster. Yeah. Led the team, seven pressures, two uh, pass breakups, if you want to call it that, uh, at the line. Pass. Yeah, I, I, I thought... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I thought that um, Matt LaFleur, I mean, they didn't really hide the fact that Cox Jr. and Heath were going to make the team mm-hmm. on Sunday as much as they kind of wanted to keep their cards close to the best in terms of cut downs and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I think I think this is not to kind of, uh, I guess, uh, jumble together both Cox Jr. and Heath's kind of like background, but the fact that they're undrafted uh, from this class Clearly talented players may not have been at the right uh, environment or may have not been ready to, you know, acclimate to college ball or right. coaches, whatever the case may be. All the stuff that, like, dogged them for not even just being drafted, despite the talent that they showed. Um, it's very cool to see them kind of have the switch turn on for them and get to the pros, land in Green Bay ball out both really like i i thought your assessment was a little harsh after the seahawks game it was i'll admit it it was but it but it is i think it's i don't know it's the cut down you you're like okay it's like you're evaluating everything but you're evaluating when you're talking about on field performance you're talking about what probably altogether like 70 snaps mm-hmm. probably in more of these cases probably like close to 100 and then it, you're relying on all the information elsewhere that like even before you come to green bay of like right. well, how this how is this actually going to work what are what are we betting on what are we you know what are we going to lose if we you know perhaps move on from a guy like brent conk shooter or Molly keith so like it's stuff like that that like i don't we we hold like a minuscule amount of like the actual data mm-hmm. that they're really like really thinking over when they're talking about the roster selection. Right. For what it's worth, eighty seven snaps total for uh Brenton Cox Jr. Brent Cox. In, yep, in the in the preseason. So yeah. if you think about it, like that's about two games worth of like if if I guess of like starting if you're yeah. if you're starting in a game you probably play 50 to 60 snaps on defense a game, like mm-hmm. ish. It's not a whole lot to go off of, but not a whole lot. He, and knowing that you're playing against second stringers, even third stringers, like, right. I think that's where like these preseason darlings, it's, it, I think it's the challenge of making the roster is really great. Now it's very like, we're celebrating, like it's, a job all done and all that stuff. It just sucks that it's it, it changes tomorrow where it's like, 
okay, how do you stay on this team for the entire season? Exactly. You know, provided that you don't get hurt and, you know, other circumstances mitigate those, you know, departures or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Like the job's not finished. Like they have a lot of work to do this season to uh, continue their development and showcase that in the snaps they do get. Cause like, yeah, I'm sure Brenton Cox might get a snap late in a game at some point. Like if it's a blowout or something, or is just like, maybe gets a, a couple snaps kind of like Lucas Van Ness might this year in development. Uh, I should say that let me back up. I'm guessing he might get snaps like Devonte Wyatt did last year, sort of held off at the beginning of the year, cl- clearly not ready and starts to come on a little bit later. Um, and is, has spots picked for him um, by the coaching staff of where he'll get in. And it's his opportunity to really showcase his development and what he's been working on all season and in camp to make sure that he stays on this team for the rest of the year. I think he definitely will. I don't think they would have kept him just to keep him and possibly cut him for a different promotion. I think there's other candidates on this roster that are better for that, frankly. But um, I think he's too raw of an athlete to be a, a casualty of a roster transaction at this point. Like I think the challenge was making the roster. And now the challenge would be continue to develop at the rate he has been developing so that he can make the roster next year. Like mm-hmm. I, I think he's just too raw and too talented as an edge rusher at this very second to be a to be lost to a transaction like um taking off Eric Stokes off of off the PUP list. If that was the case, I think it'd be incredibly dumb. But again, it's not it's not out of the wrong possibilities. I just think that looking ahead you have an opportunity to have two of Rashawn Gary, Brendan Cox Jr., Lucas Van Ness, if they all and, and JJ Anagbari be your edge rushers for the future. They're all so young. Like Rashawn Gary's contract is up, I believe, this offseason. So uh yes, he will be uh so I think a restricted freezer or right. whatever it is. So they have an opportunity to re-sign him to a very modest, not modest, a very big deal that he deserves. And to put opposite of him, they can go pretty cheap. Like, Lucas Van Ness and JJ Anibari and Brenton Cox Jr. are all going to be pretty cheap and quite talented. They don't have to make that decision. I think the next guy that they've had to make the decision on is Anibari. Right. And that might not come for two more years, depending on you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think... I think the undrafted rookie free agents get one year, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double yeah. let me double check. So like they don't have to make a decision. Well, I guess they would have to make They a have decision. their exclusive the exclusive free agent rights to them. Got it. Oh no. Because that was So Brenda Cox Jr. signed a three year deal with the Packers. Oh. So he's he's on he's he's a Packer until he's not. Restricted free agent until twenty twenty six. Or under contract and is a restricted free agent in 2026. That's how I'm going to refer to like any like contractual. Well, thing. Like, he's a well, no, it's right, it's right, it's right. <laughs> he's a Packer until he's not. So that's we should have said that for every Aaron Rodgers podcast that we have. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, big big day for for uh, Brendan Cox Jr. I'm. I'm rooting for the guy. I really want him to be mm-hmm. something special because I think he has a really big opportunity to be something special. Enigbare is also an unrestricted free agent um, in 2026. So they have Ed Rush locked down. Locked down. Locked down. If, if they all develop in a pretty awesome way, 
whole baby quarterbacks better watch out. That's all I'll say. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Shall I move on to, I guess, your camp, darling? I, I, is that is that appropriate to call Malik Heath your camp, darling? I would say so. I, I, I have been paying attention. been reading the Packers scribes, Paul Bradel, Andy Herman. I know he's not written work, but he's relayed a lot of tramp, training camp information based on being there all the time and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, Malik Heath is, it, again, it's kind of been all all summer long to quote some great artists. Um, <laughs> um, and I thought the his preseason performances, just the fact that he pretty much caught everything. 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 Like, I honestly, if I remember correctly, maybe he had like one incompletion or one play that he didn't get his hands on. But like, the guy... Clearly talented is going to be really useful for this receiving core because as we talked about leading up to this day, it's thin pretty quick. Like we're talking about a very inexperienced wide receiver room guys, as we'll get into that, you know, didn't make the roster. Uh, a lot of banged up injuries done. Tavion Wicks. We've seen very little of, but he made the roster grant to Bose didn't make the roster, but he kind of showed out late it's been very past, not to keep belaboring this point, but it's been past Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, and uh, Romeo Dobbs. It's been very just kind of like helter-skelter, and Malik Heath has just been a beacon of consistency. Mm-hmm. That's going to be rewarded. Mm-hmm. And I think for him, it's very good to have the kind of chemistry that he showed with Sean Clifford. Obviously, being with the twos, that helps and all that stuff. And it I think it could be easily translated to Jordan Love. I don't, I don't know if – I'm not saying Malik Keith is going to be the leading receiver for this team, but another guy that just makes plays and really fits at the core of this team, has talent, and for whatever reason, whether, you know, again, like Brendan Cox Jr., it didn't, didn't fit well for him in his past stops. Um, uh, where was he? Ole Miss. Yeah. Forgetting where else. Anyway. Um, For what it's worth, Green Bay, I, I think, before, I, I don't want to lose this. I I think comparing Brenton Cox Jr.'s like problems and Malik, Malik Heath's are a little bit separate. 
Like I, a little bit separate? Okay. Yeah, like Brenton Cox right. Jr.'s off-the-field issues were a little more serious and that they were fighting. He was fighting with coaches and a general maturity, pre- maturity attitude problem. Like he had significant like off-the-field issues. Malik Heath, yeah. also while significant, getting a DUI, it's varying levels of significant. Like I think Brenton Cox Jr.'s were a little more worrisome than a yeah. college kid getting a DUI. Again, DUI is very bad. Please don't drink and drive. But you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, it, it, I don't. Yeah. It doesn't feel exactly. It's, a, it's apples and oranges. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So I apologize, yeah. but I didn't want to. No, it's a fair point. Yeah. It's a fair point to bring up, but and it's something that people will group together because of right. Just, it, it's something it's I saw like, a lot today. It's something I yeah. saw a lot today, and then I saw some on Twitter like put some context behind it. I was like, yeah, that is the appropriate opinion to have, and I wanted to make sure that. If it did come up, that we did make sure we, I had mentioned it. Yeah. Um, where was my point? Talking about Malik Heath and making the roster and how he's not going to be quite a leading receiver on this team, but his sticky hands proved to be a uh, pretty big asset for this team because he was catching everything. It everything. Was, he got 12 for 16 on targets and receptions. Well, 12 catches on 16 uh, targets Targets, for 146 yards. That'll do it. That'll do it. Like there's something to be said about a undrafted rookie free agent that will just go up and get the ball. And that's what we saw him do so often. And I think that's where his like real skill comes in and his real opportunity to be a, an asset on this team is that usually you see from like young receivers not necessarily the ability to go up and get balls. Maybe they have a couple of drops and, and just in general have, they just look young, right? They're, they don't look polished. Yeah. Malik Heath looked polished. Like he looked like he, he was coming out of break so well. He's putting his foot in the ground and making hard cuts, going up and snatching the ball out of the air while getting hit. Like he's fast. You're on a four, six, four. I, I, I think that he is a year away from being a real asset to this team if it even takes that long because for what it's worth, we can, we can look ahead briefly um, and we'll kind of talk about him a little bit later too, but I trust Malik Heath right now more than Samara Toure. Like I, I was very surprised that oh, kept Samara Toure. Yeah. I was very surprised that kept Samara Toure on this team, frankly. And like, if we saw Samara Toure gets, get snaps last year with, with injuries, there's not a long, like, there's not a long list of receivers ahead of Malik Heath where he could see the field a couple times a week if he's lucky. Like ahead of him is Christian right away. Right. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed. And then to, for me, it's then Malik Heath. Mm-hmm. And so he could get ten snaps a game. Cause like I again, I was big Samari Toure fan last year. I think he has time now since he made the roster to improve. And he put on all that muscle that they talked about over the summer. But he didn't really impress me in camp and in preseason. So Malik Heath stole the show from Samara Toure. And I think he might have stole the show stole the show and the spot from him um, in the coach's eyes as well. I think it's fair. It's fair. Um, yeah, I will probably have more thoughts about Toure soon here. But for now, I think, again, Malik Heath making the roster... It's going to help the Packers. It's going to really help Jordan Love. Just have another guy that can make plays. Again, sticky hands. 
um, stick them. Um, a lot of stick them. A lot of, nat- lot of natural stick them. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I just, I think where the wide receiver core is at, again, another position that we're like, hey, there's a lot of interesting flyers just thinned out. It, it yeah. kind of was, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Hopefully Grant DeBose comes back on the practice squad. Like, like that'd be nice. He showed a lot of great blocking ability and in, in some snaps in the preseason game. So might be worth just bringing him back that way. Um, yes. And seeing what he can bring back next year, if anything. But yeah, I, like you said, it, 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 what was a pretty interesting competition for the four, five, six spots turned out to be pretty much chalk. Like, I guess after I shouldn't, shouldn't say chalk because Malik Heath is the surprise there, but then Samari Toure, as much as we didn't really want him back for reasons, we'll talk about it a little bit. Dontavian Wicks going ahead of Grant Debose makes sense that he'd make the roster over Debose, like higher draft pick, probably a little bit better assessed skill from the Packers. It it all makes sense that way. So mm-hmm. should we go on to the unfortunate uh, stories of the guys that didn't make it. Yes. That was more dramatic than I really wanted it to be, but like mm-hmm. surprise cuts is like what we titled this section. But <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Any who's will be. The first one, which I thought was It was a big one. A big one and kind of I don't want to say funny, but like the situation itself was just like interesting. They announced Pat O'Donnell was cut like on Monday. Right away in the morning. Hey, Pat O'Donnell's been released, Packers announced it. And then nothing else the rest of the day. All the other cuts came today on Tuesday. <laughs> like, I understand it was probably for um, him to give him an opportunity to sign with a different team before Tuesday's cutdowns. But the aesthetics to me, being the jokester that I am, was like, all right, we know for sure we don't want Pat, Pat O'Donnell on this team. Get him out of here. And then we'll get the rest tomorrow. It was like just how I saw it because I'm a piece of shit like that. But... Pat O'Donnell with the team for one year. One year? Yep. This is this is the fourth or fifth year with a new punter. It's not great, Bob. No. They're searching. Yeah. So um Let's hope we have the luck of the Irish. That's right. As Daniel Whalen wins out the job um for the punting position. I think it's worth noting that Pat O'Donnell didn't have like a terrible year last year. He didn't really have opportunity. We talked about that in the offseason that the way Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur ran the offense is that just in general, they weren't going to be punting too often. They were going to go on, go forward on fourth and shorts. If they were in enemy territory or in the, like on the, not their side of the field, they were probably going to go for it. <laughs> and like, I just, I just don't think he got ample opportunity, but at the same time, I guess they saw what they needed to see in practice. Daniel Whalen, obviously cheaper, and with having Aaron Rodgers' um, contract hit this year with his, the part they're paying for the trade, it makes sense that they why they'd want to cut down costs a little bit um, that way. As well as, I think it's worth noting that like Brian Gutekunst's comments a couple weeks ago are starting to ring true. They talked about how they weren't going to sign a veteran quarterback because the ultimate goal here is to win a championship, and you need to know what you have. And... I think they knew what they had in Pat O'Donnell weren't ecstatic about it. Wasn't anything super duper. And so they said, try out the new guy. Like they saw what they needed to see. They saw a pretty good leg and 
that was one of these decisions. They made a lot of those decisions, I think, given that a lot of young people or young guys made this roster. They, I mean, it's quite, if you take it from that lens, they got a young kicker. They drafted a kicker this year. Mm-hmm. They did not bring in a comp or someone to compete with them. Yeah. They just, it, this, they had a veteran punter and they got a young guy who, to be fair, Daniel Whalen was booming kicks. Yeah. Booming in that, in every preseason game. Um, and that went out. Like, I think that was very indicative of just where the Packers are at. This is for all the talk about rebuild, reset, retool, re whatever. Um, it it just shows this is <laughs> this is a very young roster. Um, yeah, I don't have the calculations in front of me, but this is a very young roster by age, around um, twenty five years old on average. But I think the oldest player being David Bakhtiari at like 31. And, and probably Preston Smith close to that too? I would assume he's about there. I think Preston might be like 29. I think, 30. well, Pat O'Donnell is one of the the like three or four 30 year old players on his yeah. team. Preston Smith he's gone. is 30. Yeah. He uh, will turn 31 in November. Um. Yeah, I just think it's, yeah, it was, I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> It kind of just shows you just the nature of where this team is at that the the most or the first cut that we saw was one of the most surprising ones, and we're talking about a punter. Yep. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. No, I, I get it. For what it's worth, you were you weren't wrong in that Daniel Allen was bombing punts. He had six kicks or six punts rather, um, in the three preseason games, two for eighty five yards, um, in the game against Cincinnati. Two for 63 yards in the game against New England. Um, neither of those were returned, for what it's worth. Um, two were returned in the Cincinnati game, but only for seven yards. And in the New Seattle game, which may be what decided this, this, this race, two punts for 123 yards, an average of 61 and a half yards. Like, that's... That's significant. That's a that's a booming leg to to mm-hmm. lean into your bit. There ain't no tame in that leg. It's wild. No, <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the podcast, uh, the Pat O'Donnell cast, uh, has to end. The Pat O'Donnell cast. You lost uh, me. His initials. Oh are my god. <laughs> oh my god. So um yeah, I just had to test out that. Looking one. for a tomato. <laughs> what in um, the world? I do want to say I don't think this move comes without some risk. No. In terms of there's been a lot of talk about Anders Carlson. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Seen it. We talked about it last pod. Um I do think the biggest job that Daniel Whalen has this year is holding field goals, extra points. We know he can boom punts. That's not a problem. It's all about the fingertips. It's all about holding the ball for Andres Carlson. I got the ick when you did that. What? Th- this was, was, was very unsettling. <laughs> How do you hold a football? I'm, we're not getting into this. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I strongly agree that that will be his most important 
tool and skill this year. I think it's worth taking the risk on though, because at this point, yeah, it, yeah, Matt Orzek, Daniel Whalen, and Andres Carlson—that's all they're gonna do is just go through this. Just okay, you're gonna do ten punts in practice, and then we're gonna practice snaps, and we're gonna practice kicks. That's all. That's all this is going to be. Get those repetitions in and just start doing it, because that's how it has to be. I think what was that story of? I think it was Pat O'Donnell last year or holders from years past. I forget who it was, but the holder and the snapper room together. Like they, they live together for the season. Oh, that makes sense. I forget who that was, but it was somebody on the team and that they would just go outside and practice snaps. That's all they would. Oh, do. I think it was O'Donnell and Mason Crosby. It might have. I, I think it might have like been. That. But yeah, I think the long snapper lived with them too. I forget his name. I, he's the guy they, they let go this past year. Oh, why can't I remember his name? But anyways, that's going to be how this has to operate. I, I think it's worth doing, mostly just because this team has no expectations. If they play well... Jack Coco. Yes. I believe it was those three that lived together. and not Maybe not lived together, but I think Jack and Pat or Jack and Mason definitely lived together for this exact purpose. But this team doesn't have expectations. If they're like getting the rust off and just like seeing how they can actually do well with this process. If they miss a kick here and there, the, the bad isn't really bad. If they lose games, they get a better draft pick to help build this team for a, to be a championship contender. If the offense works out and that's, yeah. that, that's, that's kind of how I'm seeing it. It's just like, okay, if Daniel and can come around and be a good holder and punter. Perfect. He can do it. Hopefully it translates in the Anders Carlson hitting kicks. If it becomes an, an issue, it's not that big of a deal this season. Like years in the future it will be because that's when they're going to be expected to compete and getting back to form. But this year is is gravy. They, they have hopefully two first round picks. And if they're 65%, 65%, if they're good, they'll be in the 20s-ish, late teens. If they if the Packers end up being same what as they were last year eight and nine less than that, then they'll have a good pick. And if some of that is because Daniel Williams learning how to hold lose a lose a close game, it's not so bad. I say that now as a guy trying to be optimistic. I'll probably have a different opinion of it when it's against the Bears and the kick is to win the game. But it, it I think that might be part of the reasoning as well. They're going to want to win games, obviously, but I think there's a bigger picture here, much like Goody said, of you just got to let guys play. You can't know what you have if they don't play. Yeah. That was a long talk on punters, dude. I love talking. I've found out that I love talking about kickers and punters. <laughs> I just do. I don't know why. Um, a couple other surprise cuts. Um, these three are kind of looped in together. Uh, Shamar, uh, John Charles, Corey Ballantine, and Ennis Gaines all do not make the roster. Um, Jordan, who was the reporter that you said that Shaman, uh, Shamar, John Charles is likely to stay? Ryan Wood, um, in his post cut down uh, article, which I recommend you read um, and subscribe to the Journal Sentinel because, again, all this information 
we wouldn't have it without subscribing. That's how it works. Uh, um, That's your local he, journalism plug. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> he said that out of all the cornerbacks cut today, and there were a lot of them, Jamar Jean, Jean, John Charles is the most likely to stick around in terms of veteran experience and all that stuff. Corey Ballantine, I think, is kind of some question of whether he would make it to waivers, mm-hmm. but the Packers are hoping that he will make it to waivers and then would have a friendly spot uh, to come back. Right. Ennis Gaines, um, notably safety and one of the few slot backups that they have uh, is cut as well. Um, oh, did I do I have the wrong name here going forward? Just want to make sure. Um, I don't. I have in the wrong section. Tariq Carpenter did not get cut. So, never mind. He, he got to stay. So, we'll talk about him in a moment. But, yeah. I think it's worth talking about how um, the secondary right now is a little tough. It's a little tough. Uh, Jair Alexander. That's how I feel. Jair Alexander. Eric Stokes, who's like, like we said, on the physically unable to perform list to start the year. Razul Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon, and um, Corey Valentine or Carrington Valentine, and so that's only five guys, and Jair and Razul only four playable. Like they're gonna rely on their safeties. Like I think we talked about this pre-pod, Jordan. Like the secondary is gonna be, I think, a head scratcher this year, much like it was last year. Yeah, which I mean, I guess there's different expectations with how this year is gonna be and. All that stuff, but like, ugh. oh, I am not. I don't know. Maybe, and again, we're talking about roster cut down day. There's things that might happen later in the week, post a flurry of uh, transactions, activity, whatever it is, not just practice squad guys, but maybe they continue to maneuver the roster in some way. I just think. The secondary right now is very suspect. Outside of the guys that are locks and all pro level players like Jair Alexander and this fine quarterback, Razul Douglas, but I will very Yeah, it's tough after that. It really is. And I think that like just going like cause like we we found Rudy Ford last year, um, as a post cut day signing. Came from the Giants, I want to say, but I said so the Giants, the Jaguars, I forget which. I'm pretty sure it's the Giants, though. Um, Jaguars. Damn it. <laughs> also, I have your answer to who was the undrafted signing last year. Jack Coco. There we go. We fought, we, we got there eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point being is that like Rudy Ford, great special teamer, had a great game in coverage at the end of last year. Hopefully, he can continue that progress this year and become a pretty good starting safety for them. Um, but if they happen to find a guy like that in, in the secondary, I could see a guy like the aforementioned treat Carpenter that made it be cut in favor of a, of a different corner. Like I think treat Carpenter's role on this team is quite weird on defense, but he's a special teamer through and through. Yeah. Tenuous is for sure. Like, I think he really has to show out on special teams and getting down as a gunner and being a good special teamer to secure his spot on this on this roster. Like, I, I think he just has to. It's just, it's very tough because, and I, I hate to kind of echo the things that we talked about a lot, but like, especially with 
they they have four cornerbacks to start the season that are healthy. Mm-hmm. They have five safeties, two of which are probably going to play special teams more so than anything. Right, Levitt, Le- Levitt, and um, Anthony Johnson Jr. Yeah, right. He made the team. Yes, he did. Yeah, uh, my brain is all mushed. Um, and then it's like, I don't know. I I just think like. Carpenter, for me, was one of the biggest surprises just because, like, they really want it to work out that he's a linebacker. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it didn't really. No. I didn't see it. It hasn't all. translated. I know, I know we're talking about a guy that's not going to really factor in defensive snaps at all. You but hope not. Tr- but, like, it, it's, it's, yes, it's, it's that's- so, like, football's a hard sport. It's a injury. It's, really hard it's an injury-laden sport. Yeah. It doesn't take much for him to be thrust into action. One hundred percent. So, and like you said, this didn't really show in the preseason. It's it's an interesting dynamic for sure. And they moved him from safety to linebacker when the safety position is at its most tenuous. Like it's not like Darnell Savage is the biggest person to uh, of note to hold on to his position. And we all know that Darnell Savage is not the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, that's where it gets even more confusing and frustrating. I'm just like where we are at, that I really hope that they rectify it some way next off season. Cause it's, I don't think it's going to be an in season thing. Right. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm just kind of at on that part of where the roster stands coming out of Tuesday. Exactly. I, I agree with everything you said. Like it's, it's gonna be the safe. The secondary is gonna to be tough this year. Like I, I think that's just the nature of it. Like I think we need a healthy, a healthy Jair and Russell Douglas all year long to really showcase how good the defense can be. But the Achilles heel of this defense is going to be the secondary, with without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So, um, should we move on to some surprise keeps, guys? Who we thought would. Not make the roster, but did. We already talked about Tree Carpenter, yes. so it's I guess it's a natural transition. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I guess we'll get this one out of the way we talked about already. Smart Toure uh, made the roster. I'm not really sure why. Like, I think it's because he made the roster last year, but I wasn't confident in him as a kick returner, punt returner. I'm very curious if if that's who they're gonna go sick back there. And I am very nervous in my hey, I, I mean the, see, I I think they should put Keyshawn Nixon back there, like he was the best one last year. But I don't know if they want to, given their depth at cornerback now. He's without Eric Stokes. He's cornerback three. And so, are you going to risk him getting lit up on a kick return or punt return and go down a cornerback? Like that. That's why it's confusing like I, I just don't know i i hope he's back there he was taking snaps at the practice i went to back in um early august of, of, at the training camp practice he was taking kick returns but 99 percent sure he probably takes it i just think it's more risky which is why toure was getting snaps in preseason obviously you're not gonna put keisha Nixon back there in the preseason but i don't know if if he's not a kick returner or punt returner maybe he does special teams like snaps but I don't know. I, I'm I'm definitely curious as to, I guess maybe the Grant DeBose injury played into it. The Dante. I was going to mention 
the state of the wide receiver core passed again. That just the, that might three. just I might be overthinking it, and that it just probably is that simple, frankly. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I think we'll see. I hope. I hope it's a good. We'll see. <laughs> um, staying on the offensive side, Royce Newman makes the team. We uh, lambasted him for one of the worst holds I'd, you'd ever seen, Jordan, in the last game. That's Are true. you surprised he made the team? No. No. I'm not surprised. I, I just think th- their interior offensive line, the guards, the centers, whatever. I know there's versatility in terms of Zach Tom mm-hmm. is maybe the heir apparent <laughs> to Josh Myers. Right. Uh, and he's going to be a starter. <laughs> um uh, we saw John John Runyon Jr. take snaps at center against Seahawks, but beyond that, it's you know they have a lot of tackles, but it's Sean Ryan, it's Royce Newman, Luke Tenuta, I believe, is a tackle, not even a guard. Correct. So you're gonna have some backups. Like it, it can't just be tackles of galore. For for what it's worth, they the Packers really value. Um... I guess flexibility from their offensive lineman, and he's got yes. long arms, great tackle. I should say great tackle. He is a project. Project. He's got potential, and I think similar to how they treated Rashid Walker last year to this year, I think that's sort of the, Jones. right. That's sort of the route they're going with uh, Luke Tenuta, and I think I Royce Newman. What? I love that name. It's a good name. Rolls off the tongue Luke quite well. Tenuta. Um, I think Royce Newman is one of the candidates that is up for being cut in favor of activating somebody off the roster. Yeah, you made the fifty-three, but if you how, how long are you there? Yes. So definitely worth keeping an eye on. Like, who knows how many snaps he gets in during the season? Like, offensive linemen notoriously don't get a whole lot of breaks unless they're actually hurt. So. We'll we'll see if he ends up playing some. I think it's worth looking at those snaps quite critically. And if he doesn't have it, I think they have to just cut him and sign somebody else. And it doesn't even have to be a lineman. Like they still have nine linemen after. If they if they would cut Royce Newman, they'd still have their starting five, and then Rashid Walker, Yash Nyman, Sean Ryan, and Caleb Jones. And Tenuta would when, when he comes up by four too. PUP, yeah, yeah. So like it. They, that, at that point, you're getting back to ten. Mm-hmm. It, it's just kind of like, what do you what do you do? And I think Newman is still riding that high of the goodwill he had in his rookie training camp a couple years ago. And I, not to compare him to this because it's very different situations, but a guy like Amari Rogers, Packers give him every chance, every chance. They don't want to they don't want to give up on a guy so soon and have him thrive elsewhere. Right. Different player, different position, way different position, different trajectory. Because again, as we talked about, Royce Newman was a serviceable rookie. Mm-hmm. Like it, there was a vision to why they took him so high at the draft uh, in 21. Um, and yeah, the moment that he stops kind of showing his value to the Packers, that's when they'll cut bait. But they also kind of need him at least in terms of just being a body right right exactly uh jonathan ford makes the roster 
somewhat, I don't want to say confusingly, because that seems pretty mean. <laughs> but uh, we both kind of talked about it. Just, <laughs> just didn't really see it with Jonathan Ford. They have, um, I guess, now six interior defensive linemen between Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, uh, Carl Brooks, Colby Wooden, and TJ Slayton, right? Yes. So definitely tj i'm not chris slayton tj i'm not chris slayton um i i guess just having six interior defensive linemen is i don't want to say confusing but it's definitely an interesting choice for sure because you're only really gonna play probably two maybe three at a time like because half the time they have two addressers going anyways so yeah. it just it just kind of an interesting aspect to really understand what they're trying to do there with, with Ford. If they run three, three down linemen and go Clark Wyatt Brooks and then Clark, Clark Wyatt wooden, maybe he gets in there for injury sake and things like that. But nine times out of 10, they're probably rushing four and having two linebackers and some, uh, some, uh, excuse me, secondary players. So we'll see. We'll, we'll really see. He didn't play that well, according to PFF for his grades, throughout the preseason had a pretty poor game grades wise uh, against the um, Patriots. Same thing um, against the Seahawks. So did find it as a pass rusher in all three of those games, but in general, his run defense was pretty poor, which as an interior defensive lineman, it shouldn't be that way. And it shouldn't be that way in the specific case of the Packers who are not the best at a uh, run defense. Yeah, that, that's the thing. And I know Lafleur has talked about forward as uh, plenty of like you know showing out in camp, and they obviously they rewarded him with a strong camp showing, even if it didn't necessarily translate into the three preseason games. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a little bit confusing. It's very just like you have six interior defensive linemen, you have six edge rushers. That's very that's twelve out of your fifty three right there. Not that to compare. Again, apples and oranges mm-hmm. in terms of position value, but um, it's still a very young defensive line, and perhaps they want to see the young guys prove it. Devontae Wyatt's probably the biggest name of it, but he's assuredly looks more of like a starter. Yeah. But in terms of like Carl Brooks, Colby Wooden, um, TJ Sladen, I think looks much improved based on his preseason play, but that could easily trail off too. Like, we don't know. Um, yeah. Things are just not settled that far deep into it, but I just think that the rookies are going to be really promising and kind of hold the feet to Ford's fire or hold the fire to Ford's feet. Got it. There yeah. we go. That's how you talk. Right. No, totally, totally agree. That I think that like they're definitely the uh, the up and comers, and that to stay. I guess relevant, he'll really have to show out in his snaps when he gets them. Like, I think that's going to be a crucial part for him this season. Who knows how, how long he goes this season. Like, it's just kind of the same thing. This end of roster guy. We'll see. Um, notably, Carl Brooks had a really great camp in preseason. Like, looking at his PFF grades, greens across the board in his first two games. Like, just played very, very well. So, mm-hmm. he he's probably in line for that that third spot as the down lineman at this moment. We'll see. It'll probably rotate between him and Colby Wooden. So it's all, it's all big. We'll see energy all the time. 
So, um, uh, any other players you want to talk about keeps wise or cuts wise? Otherwise, just briefly go over the uh, PUP and IR guys. Um, I don't think so, right? Do we talk about any of the safeties? Donald Savage, Rudy Ford, Anthony Johnson Jr., Dan Levitt, Jonathan Owens. All make the roster. I guess Levitt for sure is a special teamer. Jonathan Owens also probably a special a special teamer. Um Anthony Johnson Jr. had flashes that I saw in the Bengals game, almost catching a a, a pretty nice interception. Looks athletic. I think it's just gonna be he'll look like a seventh round rookie, I think. Like it's gonna be Yeah, like it's gonna be how we talk about character the other side too. Yeah, exactly. Like if he can if he can play against the starters by, by all means, please. But uh, I think it's just going to be suspect all year long. Like, yeah. that's really all it comes down to, frankly. Notably, Josiah yeah. Dewar makes it as well, but along with Tucker Kraft and Luke Musgrave. So that that's not really a surprise, but like you said, might be active in the tight end market. We'll see um, how they go. Austin Allen, likely a practice squad candidate um, with Tyler Davis on IR. So we shall see. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Uh, the physically unable to perform list and um, the players on IR now, obviously Tyler Davis um, and Luke Tunuda will go on IR as you're listening to this on Wednesday. Um, I already mentioned Derek Stokes. They've had injury settlements with Tavarius Moore, Lou Nichols, and Tyler Goodson. So um, I believe they can't re-sign Tavarius Moore for like six weeks or something after his injury settlement. So if they if push comes to shove and they need a safety he wouldn't be available for a month and a half or so. So. Yeah. All right. Jordan. We are 12 days away. Ish. Oh, geez. Ish. I'm trying to do quick maths. Yeah. 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 12 days. I'm excited. I'm excited for some Packers football. Fitting number. Why? Well, we've moved on for a while. What did you say? So we've moved on for a while. We have moved on for a while. And just by the <laughs> happenstance of the, what we recorded this podcast. He's a Packer until he isn't. <laughs> and he's not no more. He's not no more. 65%. Let's go. That's right. I saw someone made a custom jersey that had the word percent as the name. And six, it was number 65, like 350 bucks. I'm like, go for it, dude. That's a, that's a good bet for if you've got the money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to be worth it for the next one and a half years, I guess. Yeah. Two years. Hopefully. And that's what we're rooting for. So, all right, <laughs> folks. Um, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Feel free to share this with everybody you know. I would appreciate it. I feel the great energy coming this off season or this upcoming season for mm. listenership and just you guys keeping on listening to us because we got a lot of good things coming with jordan love and just the excitement surrounding the season um jordan you're pointing at me were you pointing to the listener and said yes we want the listener you this is gonna be a fun year <laughs> fun year we're 12 days away that's the number of a former packers quarterback we don't have to talk about it anymore because we're talking about the packers of now of now mm-hmm. and of future because they're gonna make some more moves. that's right <laughs> so um Next couple of weeks, a 
tentative look into the, the, the schedule. We'll have your preview for the Bears game the week before the game. Comes out typically on Thursdays um, before the Sunday game. Um, before that, Jordan and I and possibly some other GSPN hosts will have a Packers prediction pod for y'all where we'll talk about just general predictions for the year now that we know the initial 53-man roster. And maybe, just maybe one more pod sprinkled in there. We're still currently planning. So just to let y'all know the the behind-the-scenes stuff. With that being said, thank you all for listening. A couple of uh, promotions to get through before we head out. As always, head over to gspn.info. If you're new to the... To the pod, I know we put the pod in the Bucks feed this week. So if you're coming from there, thank you for following up with us on the draft or the draft, the cut day pods, and we really appreciate it. I believe I'm trying to remember if they if Eurostep had anything new. Not since oh yeah, yes they did this morning. Uh, Rohan and Ty talked about how Adrian Griffin and Terry Stotts could improve the Milwaukee offense. So. Jordan, how far away? How far away for, are we from Bucks preseason? It's a while, yeah. Oh, so, uh, like beginning of October, like so October eighth, I believe, is the first game. So, um, just about a month away from preseason of that, so starting to wind down there. But we got you covered, anyways. Before that, and cruising for a bruising has you covered as the Brewers make their playoff push, going up against the Cubs right now. Last time I checked, they're losing one zero, which is very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um. But go check out Andrew Snyder and Adam McGee talk about all things Brewers as they enter uh, Craig Timber <laughs> as uh, Brewers fans. So after aptly are probably sick of, um, they're doing really good over there. Just set a record month for July, I believe, or August. No, yeah, I think they've set the August record after setting one in um, July as well. But they had beat that one quite easily as well because you know what as at ewing in oz put i've already swore so i'm gonna say it again it's fucking excellent sorry it had to be said and it's true cruising for a bruising is in fact fucking excellent so go check it out brewers are getting my hopes up once again to crush them but andrew adam got me covered lastly but surely not leastly uh make time for this go check out our drug door pod it's a uh pretty great great pretty great pod last time we talked you guys heard from us uh celine's celine songs past lives is one of the year's best films and is likely to feature come awards season that's the latest pod go check it out they are recording one very soon i believe if not haven't already but i know there's something in the hopper so go check that out like i said gspn.info for everything Eurostep podcast network join the discord a lot of fun in there especially as um we're getting to the point where all three sports are going to start overlapping pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Be a lot of discussion oh, yeah. there. Packers, Brewers, and Bucks, all that good stuff. So, like I said, everybody, thank you for listening, and we can't wait for the season to start. And Jordan, thank you. Thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? 
What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.